0: Welcome to Iroquois History and Legends. Today, we're going to be talking about the history of lacrosse and the current status of the Iroquois national team. And today, we don't have just one guest. We have a multiple group. I'm just going to let them introduce themselves one by one. If you gentlemen could just give me a brief background on who you are, just a little synopsis on how you're associated with the Iroquois national team.
1: All right, I'm uh, Rex Lyons from uh, Onondaga Nation. I've been a lacrosse player as, as, as long as I can remember. As soon as I could walk, I had a stick in my hand. Growing up on Onondaga Nation, it's been a, a, a big part of my my life, my lifestyle is lacrosse. And I, I was on the first Iroquois national team in 83, and, and been in three world tournaments and um, been been with the program ever since. I'm Leo Nolan. I'm also from Onondaga Nation. Uh, my mother, Aquasati Mohawk,
2: so I'm enrolled as a Aquasati Mohawk Wolf Clan. Uh, I've been involved with uh, Iroquois Nationals Lacrosse in uh, about in the early 2000s, and then uh, came back about a year and a half ago and served as the executive director and uh, board member. and uh, went to SU, played at SU, and uh, been involved with lacrosse like Rex all my life and uh, find it a real honor to be uh, part of the organization again to help with the uh, many challenges that are facing us. So we're very pleased to have this opportunity to give a good historical perspective and a future perspective on where we're, where we're headed, how our expectations are for our communities. Hi,
3: I'm David Bray. I'm from the Seneca Nation. I'm uh, Wolf Clan. Uh, I grew up playing lacrosse. Uh, started off with uh, Newtown Lacrosse, went off to college, played at Cornell University on a couple national championship teams. I was also on the um, first um, Iroquois national team and I've been a lifelong participant with the Iroquois nationals as a, either as a player, executive director or board member. And I'm still in it. Uh, like Rex said, it's kind of a, a lifelong journey to um, have our people be represented in in lacrosse, whether it's at the um, college level, professional level, or or international level?
4: Yeah, I'm Randy Stotts. I'm from Six Nations, Ontario. Uh, I'm a Turtle Clan, uh, Mohawk. Um, Like these guys are saying, I've started lacrosse when I, uh, you know, I got a stick when I was born. I've been playing ever since. Uh, It's a big part of my life. I play professional lacrosse for the Georgia Swarm. The Boston Cannons, and at the world stage with the Iroquois Nationals. I've been playing with the Iroquois Nationals since uh, 2008. Uh, I also went to Syracuse University, um, got my degree there, and you know, um, like these guys are saying, lacrosse has been a big part part of my
0: life, and it's um, it's awesome. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That's a lot of talent and a lot of experience. For me, growing up in Western New York every high school here has a lacrosse program, every college and university has a lacrosse program, but there might be some people in the country that really might not know what it is or what the history of it is. So would one of you mind giving me uh, a synopsis of how old this game is, uh, where it came from, what the basic gist of the rules are?
1: I'll take that question. Um, Well, it's part of our creation story, so uh, you know, your is as good as ours, you know, it came from the, it came, it's part of our creation story, it came from the sky world. So in, in our cosmology, we talk about, um, lacrosse, you know, being played in the creator's land and before it came down to Turtle Island here. So it's as old as we are. As, uh, Randy said, you know, when you're a male, you're one of three things when you're born, you're a, you're a a speaker which means you're a speaker of the ceremonies of the language or a singer that's the singer of the songs of the ceremonies or you're a lacrosse player that's how significant lacrosse is to our culture you know and and you know you always have the uh, the exception to the rule where somebody is all three <laughs> and we have uh, we have a lot of examples of that but uh, that's how important it is to our you know inherently it's part of who we are as a culture and a society.
2: And part of that responsibility is to share this game uh, with others, which we've been very successful at. Uh, Now I believe 66 countries have lacrosse uh, organizations within their border states, within their borders. And it's been really, I think we've done a great job of sharing the game with uh, many, many around the world and we're looking forward to continuing that. And uh, one of the um, mainstays of who we are, we were given this, Uh, responsibility directly by the uh, Haudenosaunee Six-Nation Confederacy in 1983, and we were given that responsibility to uh, go out and uh, compete internationally, represent the Haudenosaunee in that regard, play fair, play hard, and spread this game around the world. Uh, We, as you know, we have our own passports. We have treaties with the Dutch, the French, the English, and the United States, the Haudenosaunee do. Um, That's really important about how we... Uh, conduct ourselves internationally as a nation state. Uh, We have a government-to-government relationship with the United States, not based upon race. There's 576 federally recognized American Indian, Alaska Native Indian nations in the United States, and we are one of them. And uh, we really take that seriously. Our sovereignty is really uh, something we respect and uh, will hold to the nth degree. And we're very uh, conscious of that. I think many of our players, you know, grew up recognizing that early on, and it's been a great uh, great uh, responsibility for us to carry that forward. Uh, we have had a lot of uh, support from around the world with this petition that you may have seen from this young First Nations uh, player up in Nova Scotia uh, who sent out a challenge to the world. I think there's already over 49,000 folks that have signed on to that, uh, supporting our entry into the World Games in 2022 and eventually you know the olympics in 2028. right now lacrosse is on provisional status with the ioc and it's i think it's a three-year provisional status once that lift uh, we believe that uh, lacrosse will become a perfect part of the olympics and uh, team sports is always a bit of a challenge for the olympics the number of athletes who show up per country for team uh, sports is uh, a lot to uh, maneuver, and with it being in Los Angeles, um, I think they have the capability to do just that, but we're really looking forward to uh, being a full-fledged, member as we should be. As you mentioned, I think uh, we're the third ranked in the world in the field across both men under 19 boys and second enrolled in indoor uh, box. We've won 11 medals of recent time, so really, I think, improving our, our standing even further, and we're looking forward to um, Be a gold medalist in the Olympics in
0: 2028. Thank you so much, Leo. I don't know which it is. I don't know if it's just amazing and incredible, or if it's just, of course you are. The fact that the Iroquois national team is so successful, I mean, it is your game. But when you look at the pool of people that you draw from, I mean, granted, you all were born with sticks in your hands before you could walk, but 120,000 people versus 330 million people to pull from is it, re- it really is remarkable, just the, the sheer determination and skill that your young men and women have when it comes to the game.
2: You know, we literally have just a few hundred uh, players you know, playing the game. Um, the United States has close to 500,000 that play. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it is a daunting task, but I think we're certainly up to it, and I think we certainly can showcase our talent. We have, I believe, two or three of the best players in the world with Lyle, Thompson, Randy Stats, Cody Jameson, the folks like that that you've heard about and they are, are, are i know our young our young folks really revere those those guys almost to the point of hero worship <laughs> worshiping which is okay you know well we all, we, we all got to have role models but have a good role model that does something really uh, fantastic for our communities and we're really proud of these guys and guys that went before them like dave and myself and others who you know we also have role models and we really try to i think live the the correct way of living You know, peace, justice, and unity, and equity, and such. And so, we're really conscious of what that means to our communities. And these folks, like Randy and others, are the next generation to take over this leadership role and uh, help continue to move this, move our game forward. Um, It is our game, and uh, I think that's part of that uh, support we're getting. That many, many countries recognize it. Unfortunately, in the United States and I think in Canada, there's not enough about the true history of the Haudenosaunee or the. Ongahoe the native people of this of this world uh, of this country in in Canada and uh, that's part of our responsibility also is to uh, really represent the indigenous communities around the world the Maoris of New Zealand when I've met with them they ask about lacrosse. they're really enthralled with it uh, they really like to hear about how we have managed to move this game from you know a few countries now to sixty six the Aboriginal folks in Australia the same way so I think we're really um, indebted to their support but also standing up for their Indigenous rights and this almost exclusivity, unfortunately, that's going on. We're much about being inclusive, as you can see on our flag. Uh, when you get a chance to look at it, there's two bars that hang out on both ends, where the Mohawks are and the Senecas are, and that's our symbolic uh, uh, open arms to other communities. that may want to join us in our quest to foster peace, equity, and and justice. So it's it's a a great uh, set of principles. I think we live behind, and uh, you know we we we're really pleased with how it's going. You know how after games now, everyone shakes hands after the games, you know, both professional, college, high school, elementary school. And that really started with us. I mean, when I played back uh, with box across with the Allendaga Warriors, I mean, that was one of the first things you did when you left, when you're about to leave the field of play, game was over. You shook hands with your opponents and you maintain that friendship that you had before the game. And now you rekindle that friendship after the game. By shaking hands, Not everyone's adopted that. So there's a lot more that we can, we can teach. <laughs> we can certainly show other folks on how to, I think, conduct themselves in the right kind of way when it comes to lacrosse and the spin-off and life in general. Randy, you want to add
4: anything or? I think for me, you know, like when we talk about not just representing the Haunted Dushoni people as a player, you know, growing up, growing up on the reser- reservation, you know, till now, I still live here. You know, getting to go to Finland, getting to go to British Columbia, getting to go to Israel and all these different countries and interacting with all these different people uh, and feeling the support we have to win from not only uh, the Haudenosaunee people, but other um, Indigenous tribes from around the world. Uh, For example, when we were in BC last year, um, we went and visited the Katzi Nation. It's probably like a 500-people band um, you know, and they welcomed us with, with open arms, they, they fed us, they did a ceremony for us and, and we exchanged, um, kind of a, a spiritual, spiritual welcoming bond, um, and a thank you, you know? So for me as a player, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because that those are the things that I'll never forget as a player. And, you know, to know that we have an outreach more than just our people, um, is incredible to me, you know, when we put on that jersey, it's not just us. It, it, it's it's all these indigenous communities and it's amazing to see and it's an honor to represent, represent them.
3: Yeah, lacrosse is an ancient uh, game for us. Um, you know, as part of our social, cultural and spiritual heritage, we um, use it as a medicine um, at times uh, in our community. It's, it's somewhat social um, in that, you know, every summer, um, a lot of our people gather for games um, growing up. I can remember our uh, arenas being, you know, full with with uh, spectators. And, you know, the communities just come together. Uh, always a big game was against Onondaga, uh, Newtown against Onondaga. And the dialogue that goes on, you know, as the game goes on, um, you know, I, I'm playing. But at the same time, I know they're, they're sharing various stories, updating on, on various family members. So it's always been a very uh, integral part of our community um, to have these games going on. I know this year, because of the, the virus going on, you know, we don't have lacrosse, and it's really put a lot different um, feel in our community that we're lacking uh, lacrosse um, as, a, as part of our social fabric. So, you know, um, I know the Honor Dogs, every springtime, they have a medicine game uh, for the game itself and for our people. Um, so it's kind of a, a an old old game for us, but at the same time, uh, when we began the Iroquois Nationals back in, you know, the 1983, we were sanctioned by the Grand Council um, to represent, the Haudenosaunee and international lacrosse competition, um, you know, we, we really had to think about, you know, where we're taking this game and eventually we became, and I think it was 1986, 87, we were accepted into the um, Federation of international lacrosse um, or ILF, uh, what it became, and now it's called world lacrosse. So we were now, uh, a part of the the world community playing our game again even though back in the 19 in the 1880s we were playing against canada and and you'll see throughout history we played against many universities uh native people seneca's playing against like cornell syracuse um harvard army you know you you'll see iroquois onondaga playing against these various uh, college teams, whether it's the military or Ivy uh, communities. Um, so we evolved uh, full circle in 1986, 87 into the international world with our passports. Uh, we had passports going since 1977 when we first went to the uh, United Nations. So it was kind of an extension, a logical extension going with what's what we call now the Iroquois Nationals, Nationals being you know we represent the Iroquois people um and and as a result you know we had to uh, have a flag <laughs> we had to have a national anthem and as that national anthem played at the first uh, international game um that I and Rex uh, were participating in uh, it was quite an honor to see other nations United States Canada Australia England all stand to hear for you know at least in in my lifetime for the first time standing up and and respecting us uh as a as a as a nation state uh just as they we represent the iroquois people um so it was kind of a a big honor for us and now you know we do have hurdles we're still continuing these hurdles as we go into the international world games um you know we've got a hurdle in front of us that we're trying to to get by but eventually uh you know we would like to make it to the olympics in 2028 uh, which will be held in uh la which will also be you know being it from north america is part of our homelands and to have indigenous people um being represented at the at the the highest level of, of uh sports i think um you know we're doing a, the best we can um Uh, with support from various people um, throughout the world, um, individuals, as well as uh, professional leagues, as well as uh, various countries, the United States, Canada, uh, China, uh, Hong Kong, you know, various countries have have sent us letters of support. So we're we're kind of standing in good stead as we move forward um, with this. And, um, you know, we're, you know, under leadership with um, Leo, he's, he's been doing a, you know, a heck of a job, you know, trying to address all these concerns. And, and uh, you know, as a board member, you know, I fully support, you know, what's taking place and um, going forward, uh, representing the the Iroquois Confederacy.
0: Thank you so much, Dave. You already answered a bunch of questions that I already had lined up. And one of my next things was, and maybe you can elaborate on it more, what roadblocks do the nationals, have they had to deal with and overcome to compete on the international stage? I I guess I wanna know ones that you have overcome and ones that you are still dealing with, and, and why is it that way? I remember when I had a friend who, this is a decade or so ago, a friend who was a Tuscarora, and he mentioned to me that he could get a passport. And I said, you can? And it was just a, at the time to me, it was just a totally foreign concept. It was like, well, yeah, they should, but I didn't, I didn't know that you, you had your own passports. And it was just a, a unique revelation to me that it solidified more of uh, how the Hoodie and Haudenosaunee really are uh, an autonomous confederacy. How do you guys raise awareness to people that are just maybe just ignorant, just don't understand uh, where you're coming from?
2: That is part of the challenge. I think it's as much a lack of education, knowledge, appreciation, understanding of our special status uh not only in the united states and canada but around the world and that's part of our our efforts uh like uh some of these guys have said that uh, when we attend a world uh, international competition we typically are asked to come a, come a week earlier or stay a week extra to do workshops and clinics for the youth of that particular nation uh, we're always the i believe the most uh, biggest fan base following not just of native people, but non-native folks also. We typically are the first game up against the host country, the first big game in almost every competition we've been in. Our uh, merchandise, our uh, jerseys and such just fly off the shelves. We typically sell out. We have a lot of uh, popularity. It's not a popularity kind, but we have a lot of popularity going into these, and we've got to really take advantage of that. I think holding those clinics with young people in the various countries really will help us uh, get uh, out that uh, uh, sense of who we are and what we're about. It's not just about lacrosse, but we have a lot of other, I think, principles that we can follow. Certainly, we've had uh, challenges with our passport, um, but uh, Rex can talk a little bit about that. But we are working on uh, fixing that problem. But uh, we've, we've uh, as you've probably heard, uh, in 2010, we didn't get to Manchester to play, unfortunately. And uh, again, it was a political issue. The United States Hillary Clinton who was the Secretary of State at the time agreed that you know our passports be welcome if we left the country welcome back but uh, England uh, still blocked us from attending for a lot of different reasons but uh, we continue over try to overcome those uh, issues we were going to Israel and our team got held up in Toronto I think they're flying out I think half the team was on a plane and half wasn't we missed the first plane because they wouldn't let us on but uh, with the political intervention that I think we we're able to uh, garner uh, via uh, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Josiah and others made those kind of calls to him. And he basically uh, made the call to let us uh, go to Israel via Canadian uh, border and come back. So we're continuing to work on those kind of issues. It's a, it is a challenge. I mean, that's not just us who have those issues sometimes with these passports, but many countries have recognized our passports as legitimate travel documents. And so it's a matter of uh, us uh, working out the nuances and details for ensuring that we have uh, the right documents to travel like any other international community has. And, uh, you know, there's no tweez about it. Like any country, we don't want, uh, you know, nefarious people, bad <laughs> people in our communities, you know, like nobody else does, you know, so we're, we're very conscious of that. So we're, we always get visas. We we'll always let folks know ahead of time who's coming uh, into their country. we, we always uh, expect a letter of welcome from that particular country, uh, we only travel that way. So we can then go get the proper documentation if there's additional things like visas and other things that we need to have. That. But uh, Rex might want to add a little bit about our passport
1: challenges. Sure. You know, uh, one of the one of the major challenges is that we don't have a barcode, you know, and as you know, you don't ask for permission to be sovereign. You know, that's just you're, you're as sovereign as you are. So when we issued our own passports, we said, uh, this is going to be our documentation. And we're going to travel on it, you know, uh, take it or leave it. You know, we're not going to change who we are because we've been offered dual citizenship by the U.S. And we said, thanks, but no thanks, because we know that uh, we're still operating under the treaties that we have. And you can't have a treaty with yourself. And you know, also we, we stand by that. And uh, we still get uh, treaty clause every year. You know, and and we're still operating. We still have the original Wampum belts. We still have them. They're in safekeeping. You know, un, under uh, you know uh, where we 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 refer to them when necessary. Uh, and one of the challenges that our territory spread out through uh, U.S. and Canada makes it very uh, a little more complicated to get three entities to agree on the uh, the terms and conditions that everybody's uh, comfortable. And as you know, there are a lot of ongoing uh, conversations, issues, you know, that um, can be quite sensitive. So, you we, we know, it, it becomes extremely difficult to navigate and we try not to address every issue as we try to, you know, implement our sovereignty, you know, that we, we hopefully will develop pathways forward so that we can have healthier discussions and maybe uh, solve some of these disagreements and disputes, but for the time being, we've always been who we are, you know, since our European brothers, you know, came came over here and, and uh, there's been a lot of contributions that they've taken from us. And I, and I think it's, you know, I always say it's really important today that they stop pretending that they don't know us. You know, this is something that's done out of convenience and out of political agenda. You know, even with the, uh, the World Games, you know, these are, if you take the temperature of society, people are really looking for change of, of diversity, of inclusion, and start to right the wrongs that have been done in history, you know, so that we can get to a healthier place and everyone can prosper and participate, you know, not just the, the select few and the fortunate few. You know, you can see that there, there's that by the illustration of that petition having forty nine thousand signatures, is, you know, and there's a and it's and it's a wide, range of big demographic. There are some lacrosse players, the lacrosse community showed up, and just fans and just uh, the public in general. One of the misconceptions is that us being such an established uh, part of the world, the world lacrosse uh, community, and being medal winners. They, they had no idea that we're still dealing with this issue. They thought, how can they still be, you know, having trouble, you know, traveling around the world? They're, they're winning medals at every, at every championship, you know, and we asked the same thing. You know, one of the challenges that we have is that, uh, as you know, the administration can change every four years, so there can be progress made, and you'll have a whole new cabinet come in, and you have to start from zero again. You know, uh, it becomes very, very taxing. And sometimes you, you won't have a very uh, friendly administration, so we wouldn't bring certain issues to the table because it wouldn't be in our interest to do so. Uh, and, I, and I don't have to go into great detail. That's kind of the situation we're sitting in now. You know, we, 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 we want to make progress and, and resolve this once and for all. Because as you know, uh, with, with some of the research you've done, the Tree of Peace is a, uh, it's a spiritual symbol that we, that we operate under, which represents the universal laws that are in control of everything and that we understand intimately and that we respect and that we have uh, intimate knowledge of and, and we have real context and understanding and instruction how to operate within the natural world. And lacrosse, believe it or not, is one of the ways we do that. And just by the wooden stick, you know, our stick makers, when they when they go out into the into the woods and, and they they look for a, a tree to make the stick, there's a relationship right from right out of the gate where there's certain characteristics the tree needs to to make the best stick, so the tree kind of offers itself, and there's a relationship between the stick maker and the tree, where there's a give and take. There's a, there's there's an understanding, there's a conversation as the stick maker is also planting trees as he thanks the tree for giving its life so that he can, he can carve and make these sticks and play the creator's game. Now that hickory, you know, make made from the hickory, that's where the medicine is, as we also make our water drum from the hickory, from the hickory tree. So there's a, there's a heartbeat to our ceremonies. You know, this is all encompassing where, um, Now that you have the the hickory tree representing all the things that grow from the earth, and now you have the weave and the webbing of the traditional web there, you have the sinew of the deer. Now the deer is the leader of all the animals because he's on every continent. So now you have the animal world represented in the lacrosse stick, And then you have the traditional weave itself, and those interlocking loops, those are the clans. That's the family, you know, coming together, united, interlocked, intertwined cradling the medicine which is the ball that's an extraordinary example of encompassing everything you know and that's how we do most of our and that's how we our values nothing is separate there's no compartmentalizing anything everything's relative and and one of the reasons we have clans is that we have real kinship with nature those are our relatives and that was pointed out to us that's part of our instruction like we would never clear cut hickory trees and mass produce them for profit. That's not how our values work. You know, that's just not how we are. And that's the fun, fundamental difference between our society and some other societies, you know, the, the, the Western world that, that, uh, you know, is very progressive uh, in their, in their idea of progressiveness is, is a little bit uh, lacking in the context of where the human being is in, in the big picture, because they don't have the instruction that we have. You know, and we are given responsibility, not authority, because of our intellect and the capabilities that our species has. Is great responsibility and stewardship for the seventh generation coming. Now we have this lacrosse that we teach our young, right away, respect and a kinship. And we, we have the connection with the natural world. How many, how many cultures and societies have that? Well, that's that's fundamental when you start, when you're taught that at such an early age, you understand how important it is, and that you you're probably going to be less likely to make a, an unhealthy decision to jeopardize that relationship. So these are things that are instilled in us, and that's the game, you know, helps facilitate. And one of the best ways to facilitate and instruct so the young is you got to enjoy it. It's fun to play lacrosse, you know, and I, you have this instruction that's you got you got this vitality that's attached to it. It's, it's a very strong reinforcement to like, yes, I I, I like, I understand this and I, and I want to be part of it. And you know, if you talk to any non-native lacrosse player, they feel the, spiritual, the spirituality that's connected to lacrosse, but they don't understand it. I've talked to a lot of them, you know, because they have the same obsession. It's like a lifestyle, it consumes you. And anybody who's played lacrosse, that's what they feel, but they don't understand. The relationship between the natural world and its spiritual connection to the Creator, and all of life.
2: You know, to, to illustrate this even further, uh, Andrew, uh, in 2016 we were invited to the White House to uh, repolish the chain between the United States and the Haudenosaunee Six Nation Confederacy, and uh, we had we had Tadadaho there. We had both elected and traditional leadership there. Uh, there was an exchange of treaty cloth between U.S. officials and. Uh, and us, and I was sharing a wampum with them. Um, No other group, you don't do this with individual people. You do this with other nation states, and that's what they really represent. And that's just how significant this Canadago Treaty is to our our existence and our our, uh, locking arms with the United States government. You know, part of the U.S. government is based upon our way of governing ourselves in a very democratic way. You know, the one thing, and I tried my – non-native friends sometimes about the fact that one thing that Ben Franklin and the others who were putting this together forgot about was women, right? Women in this country, a non-native woman is just celebrating the 100th anniversary of the right to vote. We can't even imagine leaving out more than, you know, half your population in any way, shape, or form from helping govern and helping, you know, steer the ship in the right direction. But we've always had the reverence for our women. Our women are who we are. We follow, our, like I said, we follow our mother's, uh, nation and clan and uh, but yeah, a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh thanks that should be given to us from the united states and other countries for what we've done i think in engendering that kind of uh, democracy a way of way of life that i think is really important for all of us to yeah. have
4: just something to add from what rex was saying you know um from my standpoint i get asked you know is the reservation um is, there, is it gated is there electricity do you guys have do you guys live in teepees you live in longhouses and you know it's this happened in the last five years and that's crazy to me that people are that uneducated on how we live and it's kind of like a shock that we're still here and you know lacrosse uh, gives us a vehicle to kind of bring awareness to that and I think you know the Iroquois Nationals being on the world stage is the best way to, to do that. You know, um, letting people know, I don't know if it's, you know, ignorance, I guess a little bit of it is or uneducated, um, but I think by us being there and, and sharing our word, like what Rex was just talking about, you know, people have to have open, open mind to that because a lot of people aren't gonna understand what that means, you know? Because I think a lot of people are, are ignorant or, or ignore the fact that that doesn't make sense to them, the spiritual world or, or that connection. It's not real to them. So I think if people listened a little bit better and had an open mind to to how we live and, and what we believe in, I think, you know, they would walk away with a better understanding of, of who we are and, and what this game actually is for us. Hey, Randy, I had those same questions back in 1970. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs)
0: crazy.
3: And I used to to ask them, do they uh, still ride around in covered wagons?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Like you have flooring in your house. It's nuts.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
3: Andrew, Andrew, I'd be remiss if I didn't um, touch upon some of the, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to travel around uh, Turtle Island. And uh, being out in uh, Ojibwe uh, um, country, um, watching the one stick version of, of uh, lacrosse, or down in uh, Muskogee, um, and seeing this two stick version with the Cherokee, the Creek, and, and other civilized tribes down there. Lacrosse has been across Turtle Island for many, many years. And, you know, the version that we play, the long stick version, eventually became what is we commonly see uh, today in, in lacrosse is the long stick version uh, fed down. But universally across Turtle Island, there was a, a um, double ball. Uh, men and women play double ball across the Turtle Island. And, and um, you know, so when sometimes I get asked to go to, to camps and sometimes I'll have the kids um, make a double ball, I'll explain to them, you know, the game, the concept and, and um, you know, they'll go out and just grab a stick you know and and tie two balls together. It could be tennis balls, it could be you know anything you want to put inside of a sock and, and make a, a double ball just to um, take time and 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 see where the roots of the game
0: came from. Thank you so much dave uh, that that really uh, doubled my knowledge and actually that 's a good segue into another question that I had: How has the game changed and maybe it hasn't because i know that there's still a traditional way to play versus a modern day but how has the game changed from pre-european contact to now when uh people of colonial descent have gotten involved and become playing it and it's the rules have become much more uh internationally codified i know that there were rules and everything like that beforehand but how is it so much different today and i know that there's Box lacrosse and outdoor lacrosse and in, indoor lacrosse and uh, we we could just talk about all the different variations. But uh, what what is different between now versus a thousand years ago?
1: Well, I think it's uh, it comes with any kind of anything that evolves, evolution, materials change. Uh, you know, making it uh, maybe a little bit easier, and more convenient. Uh, you know, things like that will change and evolve any kind of game that you're playing. Uh, is it for the better or the worse? That's always up for discussion, you know. Um, the plastic stick is one of those things where that always comes to a conversation because I know in international games they 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 want to expunge the uh, wooden stick, not understanding its importance. You know, you. I mean, I, I remember playing when I was playing this is, this kind of dating back right, when Dave played. You know. You, you really had to make your mind up to go through the middle because everybody used a wooden stick. And there's a big difference between a wooden stick and a plastic stick, let me tell you. So, you know, you earned it. You went in the middle and you got a shot, you got a score, you you know you went through the middle. So, you know, I, I think uh, a little bit of that is is, is is part of this discussion. But having the convenience of the plastic stick, if you break a stick, you can have three others just like it. One of the things about a wooden stick is that they're all different and they're all personal to you. You get to understand it, it, how it feels and how it balances and how it can, connects to you There's a real connection there there's no other stick like it. there becomes a real relationship between you and the wooden stick so that's a that's a that's a fundamental uh, difference that happens between the contemporary and the more traditional aspects of the game but I think as uh, as time marches on, everything kind of evolves, it gets uh, a little, you know, a little adjustment to whatever, whatever might be the trends in other areas, you know, I mean, when you, when you can play it, when, when you can make the field smaller, make, uh, make the playing field less, less uh, players participating, you know, it becomes more of a, I guess, organized situation where before, you know, I played the medicine game, There can be as many as 100 players at once you might never touch the ball you just running up and down the field hoping to play and hoping to touch the ball and if you do touch the ball it doesn't stay in your stick very long you learn the hard way you know that's (laughs) you know that's part of the comp that's part of the contest and and it's about it's about your gifts we talk about having gifts that the creator bestows upon the the lacrosse player and the communities take real real reverence in those gifts that uh, we have special lacrosse players who are gifted They can play the game exceptionally well because the creator was very generous with their abilities. And on a given day, somebody's gift will prevail and they they win the game and you celebrate their gifts. It's because it's a celebratory just because of the spirit and the nature of the game. And and I still think you find that in all aspects of of wherever the game is played. Yeah, you always want to win, you hope to win, but even if you're just playing a game, you know, you can still enjoy the game and you might be and you might have not be victorious but i think you know when you look back if you've ever held one of those sticks there was real engineering to those sticks because they played great distances that ball had to run you know those the, the webbing was a lot longer so they could throw the ball 100 yards no problem it was real engineering to that and, and as the as things changed you could have more control so there was more passing I guess and not as much stick handling depending on your gifts you know and as things develop like anything it become like if you look at football how the pads became you know more instrumental or now you actually have a battering ram on your head before not so much you know any of those things any of those <laughs> evolutions will, will happen as things you know progress and the materials change and you know the, the the I guess the instant gratification that comes along with uh, progress you know which kind of a, is a, and there's another thing that we're always trying to navigate and trying to find some balance because I think that's one of the things that uh, is very apparent to us that there's a, a huge imbalance between the natural world and the contemporary world and we're all wearing masks because of that imbalance. That's a direct consequence of human actions on this earth and not knowing and not having the instruction of how they're supposed to interact with the natural world and what happens when there's imbalance. Nature will, will fix it. And it's in process right now. She's balancing herself. And we were instructed, don't ever challenge those laws you know, because you will not prevail, you know, and we, and we've been, and we've been destructed. There's, we have, we have prophecies telling us that these hard times are coming and, and they're not, they're not pleasant, you know, and, and, and the more that you see, we look around back when I was a kid, I can remember some of these instructions and they were so, they seemed to be such wild prophecies like, wow, that just sounds so far out. And, that, and some of them have already come to be when, when, Back when just that's not very long ago, so it kind of gives you an indication of where we are, in the because we, these are these are hundreds of years old. These instructions, some a thousand, because we had three different instructions, you know, and and it's really uh, curious to me, and where we are in this in this timeline.
2: But you know, one of the uh, attributes of having hundreds and hundreds of players on a team when we played back in say a thousand years ago was that everyone can contribute to the game everyone can contribute to their team so uh, we didn't want to leave people out even the slowest player like maybe a Dave Bray or somebody he could still contribute he's a, he's a smart lacrosse player you know but everyone can contribute you got you to think about, about about that it's a really community it's, it's a community endeavor some of us are better than others in certain aspects of the game and some of us are better in certain aspects of life. And I think that's a real attribute that we don't leave anyone out. You know, if you want to come out and try out for our teams, great. We have other – if you don't make the first team, there's other teams you can play on. But I think that contribution that everyone can make to this game, both men and women. I mean, Andrew, now we have well over probably at least two dozen, at least I know of, uh, Division One college players right now, Houdini Shoney players playing Division One college in the United States. We have a couple of kids in Canada playing at McGill and University of Toronto. Uh, we have women now playing in college level, and that's opened up the doors for a lot of us, uh, like Dave and myself and Randy, to go on to get our college degrees and you know move on and do be a real contributor to our communities in a way that uh, we could. Um, uh, so it's it's a it, it, it's a changing uh, atmosphere for all of us, not just for the non-native, but for the native folks also.
4: Back uh, to the to the <laughs> to the wooden stick thing. Uh, you know, I my dad kind of made me used wouldn't stick up until I was like 12 or 13 um so I've always had I had one wooden stick for a really long time that was my baby but you know after that I think the biggest thing he stressed to me was you know get used to this it's a part it's kind of a part of you like Rex is talking about and you know he very he stressed that on me and then you know I was laughing a little bit because when I when I switched to the plastic stick him and my uncle all my uncles played and they're like, what are you doing with this Tupperware? You know, they, they kind of they <laughs> chirped it a little bit. So they, they call it Tupperware instead of plastic sticks. They don't think uh, think it, it hurts as much as the wood does. But, you know, um, I find it crazy now in the pro leagues. They won't let goalies use wooden sticks. They won't let players use wooden sticks. And I find that kind of a little bit shocking. I know some people may use it in the wrong way, which, you know, some people are tend to do. Um, throughout our history but I think you know there's always a place for for the wooden stick and and I think it's a powerful thing for us as as, with our people I think it's very important I also think too when Rex was talking about uh, winning and losing you know some of my my best games were in the backyard with my family Uh, you know playing against cousins playing against like my uncles we do like a three on three or something you know and and that's kind of the best time, and there's no mistakes out there. And I think the way we play lacrosse as Hunter Shoney, you know, free flowing and kind of mistake free, careless a little, a little bit at times, you know. And I think that all stems from generation to generation of being passed down to how creative individuals are. I think the last thing I wanted to touch on, Dave talked about this earlier. It's a community thing, and people of all ages old young come to our arenas still to this day and and watch us play i play senior a lacrosse for the six nations chiefs and you know i see i see old timers you know in wheelchairs um sick people strong people um you know weak people all these different kinds of people and and when we say it's a medicine game we're taught to play with a clear mind and that means you know having no negative thoughts and keeping things positive. The game can bring up a lot of emotions, frustration, anger, happiness, joy, sadness, you know. It has all that stuff. And and the thing for me that I see watching like a Junior A game, you see these old people watching the game and they're excited. They're hopping out of their wheelchair, you know, they're swinging their cane around, um, And that's the medicine right there, you know. Other things in life might not give them that joy, but watching that game or that goal or that play or that hit, you know, that gives them the joy to make their day or their week and they can't wait for the next game and then the next game or the next season. So it's kind of cool to see that happen, you know, because if you go to a game on the res, you know, you, you see these people screaming, yelling and they're invested in the game as it being a part of us and our people, I think that allows them to be more emotional in the game for wanting us to win. Um, so I think it's pretty cool to see, you know, the the different emotions that can happen to, to, play, to people who don't even play the game. You know, they, they feel sad if there's a loss, they feel angry if there's a missed call or a hit, they feel happy if there's a goal or it's, it's so cool to see that. And it's, it's cool that this game has that much power to bring happiness
0: to to our people. Thanks so much, Randy. Two questions put together. Is there anything else you uh, gentlemen would like to add? And also how can listeners practically advocate uh, for the Iroquois Nationals to be recognized more in the international community?
1: That's a good question. I know one thing they can do is, 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 is is to follow us and and join our, 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 on our Twitter feed to, get, to stay active and stay engaged. It really gonna take some real, it's gonna, we need some real change on, on the uh, political level. And we just need more support like we have now. I feel like there's a lot of support that we didn't have at one time. We were always seem to be standing there pretty much by ourselves, just because people weren't aware, you know, and we didn't have social media, but now that you can, you can communicate so fast you know that it really helps uh to get to get uh issues out there and have everybody weigh in and hopefully in a good way to to have some change because what we bring to the table is you know is 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 peace friendship and healing that's what that's how we that's how we conduct ourselves you know and this is something that's very valuable and something that the world you know needs more of and i don't think there's any better ambassadors for the game of, of, of lacrosse than the Haudenosaunee.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, folks in the community, in our communities and others can uh, really show their support by raising their voice, supporting our efforts to be in the World Games in 2022 and the Olympics. It's really important for them to uh, share the concerns, you know, if it's both positive, hopefully very positive kind of statements about us being there. We're trying to conduct ourselves in a very diplomatic, respectful, Uh, amicable way to ensure that we are at in Birmingham, Alabama at the World Games and in the Olympics and we're doing everything we can to ensure that we do all the appropriate protocols and processes that need to ensure that we are there as the originators of the game. I think that that alone can really uh, help the lacrosse world in general that uh, the expectation is that we will be there for those two tournaments that are coming up and all future international tournaments as a recognized nation state with real sovereign powers over our own entity, over our own uh, destiny, I should say, destiny.
3: Well, I'd like to um, thank Andrew and, and, and the, his podcast for, um, you know, interviewing us and, and spreading the word. Uh, it's, it's very important for that word to get out to um, various communities. Um, you know, everything we do, whether we're traveling with the team, insurance, and others expenses related to you know uh, promoting our sovereignty uh, all all our, our our expenses that we have to uh, cover and certainly donations uh, are are needed um to help us in this struggle uh, certainly the support is is there but you know financially sometimes we you know it, it is it is a difficult road and um so donations um are certainly welcomed and on one last note, I, I want to give out a thanks to uh, stick makers that have helped build the game. Without those stick makers, uh, way back in historic times, uh, you know, I don't think the game would be where it's at. I know uh, back in my younger day, if it wasn't for a stick maker, I probably wouldn't have been in the game. You know, so it was just an important element of our community because the stick makers. I think what he's seen is potential leadership in our youth. To move forward i often look to the stick makers and and just think that you know without those without those people i know i would have traveled this journey just want to give out a little shout out for that for the uh stick makers
0: i'd just like to say gentlemen uh thank you so much for your ancestors um uh, for their contributions that they've made not only through the cross but through so many other contributions there was one quote i wanted to get in and it's from the the great jim brown who uh everyone knows, of course, uh, you know, played with uh, Rex's father. He said, I'd rather play lacrosse six days a week and play football on Sunday. And uh, the man is, in my opinion, one of the greatest athletes of all time, you know, in the NFL Hall of Fame and the Lacrosse Hall of Fame. It just really is remarkable how far this game has come to spread across the world in, in such a short time. And so I'm just so honored that you all could join today. And I hope that this educates thousands and thousands more people on uh, this wonderful sport. So thank you, gentlemen. I would ask everyone to please check out the Iroquois Nationals website. You can also follow them on Twitter. Please look up and please sign their petition. And if you've not done so yet, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to this podcast and have a great day.